You're listening to DAPCON Podcast. My name is Nick Hollins. DAPCON is a non-profit global developer conference organized by Gnosis. It's coming to Berlin Blockchain Week, August 21 to 23. In this series, we talk with DAPCON speakers about the latest in decentralized applications, Web3 and tech infrastructure in Ethereum. For information and tickets and to join what's happening in Berlin, visit dapcon.io. Today, our guest is Alex Vandersan, developer, UX designer, and member of the Ethereum Foundation. So I would say that onboarding is one of the biggest issues and might be even bigger than scalability. And the reason is very simple. If you are in like a normal traditional startup, you really want to focus on like your users get in, they do their thing, they, they, you retain your users, and then at some point they will, they will throw something out on social media or somewhere else that will attract more users, right? So, so for each user you want, what you really want is that for each user, you get like 1.001 another user. And in order for do, to do that, you need to reduce steps on the funnel. If the user comes into a page and then they have to log in and then they have to set a password and etc., you're already losing one. And the traditional uh, interface for the Ethereum is that you get in and then you have to, like you need to install MetaMask, you need to write down a seed phrase and then you need to figure out how things work and then you need to have Ether in order to do anything and then to do the Ether. And then like there are steps over steps over steps to the point that at some point you are actually having to take a picture of your passport. I don't think, let's say, Twitter would ever be where they are today if for every new user you had to actually take a picture of your passport and purchase thing, something, and then even before you can tweet something out, right? And we really need to solve that particular problem. What are your thoughts on the idea that in three to five years, we'll see a whole wave of adoption of young kids coming through? They're totally native to social networks and online gaming and to forms of digital currency and identity found in those spaces. So their onboarding may be easier than adults today. So it's funny because a lot of the time I spent evangelizing Ethereum, I was mostly trying to explain Ethereum to, to adults that to people who were used to the old scheme and trying to understand, trying to tell them, like, what is the cryptocurrency? Why is it money? Why is it digital? Why is it good? Why do we, do we make property be like that? And, and I think that the kids are, who are growing up using uh, that are gaming and, and like they are growing up in this new generation. And I don't think you need to wait for them for turn 18, right? I think you can, they can, they already start understanding those things the moment that they start owning digital stuff. For that new generation, it's going to be a lot harder to understand how did all those old things worked. That's going to be a lot more complicated than explaining cryptocurrencies. Because try to really try to explain to someone what is a dollar, like, what backs a dollar? How do you know how many dollars are printed and who prints them? And what is the current, how many dollars are in circulation right now? That's, there's, like, there's no answer to that. It's very complicated. You have to, oh, you need to understand that there's the M1 and M2 and M3 and there's debt and there's the banks. 
all those things are super complex. Try to explain to a, to a, to a kid what does it mean to own a house or to own uh, a car, right? You'd think that when you own a house, what you have is you have like a number in a database saying, hey, there's a big database that anyone can access and it says who owns each house. But that's not how it works. Actually, when you own a house, when you own a car, you have a piece of paper and that piece of paper might be on your house, might, might be like with you or might be in a government office somewhere. And then you may have to pay for some, pay someone to have access to that piece of paper. And that piece of paper can simply disappear sometimes and people can change the piece of paper without you even knowing that. And, and it's, it's, it's mind blowing that it even works the system. Like what a kid that is playing video games now expects is that they win, like if they buy a, a house in a video game, there will be a single database saying, hey, this house belongs, this, this castle belongs to this player and probably anyone can access that. And they will grow up expecting the, the society to simply work like that. Like there's code behind the things, like there's code behind property that it makes that property really work. And that, that is not how our society works, but that is how blockchains work. And I expect as those kids grow up, they will expect society to work like that. For newcomers and aspiring developers who are interested to jump over into the Ethereum community, what would you recommend they do to start getting involved? If you want to get into a project, right, so there are two ways in which you can think about it, right? How, how do you get it as just a user, right? And I think ideally, there shouldn't be a single way in which you do it as a user. As a user, what should happen is that you just use something and you don't even know that there's a blockchain behind it. That, that's, that's the ideal way that those things should work. But, and then at some point, you try to understand it. You try to, like, you probably want to get involved with that. And then what I would suggest is, get a project that you're really excited about and say, oh, I really think this project is great. Try to figure out how you can contribute to it. And sometimes contributing to it is just finding those guys on social media, finding those guys on Reddit and start talking to them and saying, sharing ideas, sharing your experience, saying, hey, I, I think you should do this instead of that. I think like my experience that I tried to do this and it broke and just, having that feedback and giving like bug reports is super useful and then if you want you can like graduate from that to hey how can i actually help them can i code something can i look at the code and see if i can change something or even can i fork that code and build my own thing in a better way and i think that is sort of the, the natural path which i recommend so find a project you you find exciting use that do feedback and at some point figure out how you can improve that and how you can like be a part of it. What is one of your favorite new projects in the Ethereum space that's solving an interesting problem and enabling new development? So I'm really, I find really exciting those projects that build on other projects, right? So you have, like, you have Maker that builds DAI, which is a, like one of the super cool, like it, it's a super stable currency, it's super cool, super interesting. But then you have Compound that builds on top of DAI and, and has built the CDAI, which is a, a currency that when you own, not only that 
that currency it has a stable value, it actually grows in value, right? So if you buy if you buy one die today, the expectation is that it will be worth like one dollar like in a year. If you buy one dollar in C die today, like the expectation is that it will be worth one dollar and eight cents in a year because they are using the die to loan to other people and serve and it's a bank. And then there are some people who are building projects on top of CDI, where it automatically tries to find the best rate in which it compares Compound to Dharma to, to other like loans, uh, automatically loans to figure out, okay, what is the best rate that they can get on this project? And then, and then they build on top of that. And I, I use, I've seen some people use the expression money Lego. And I love it because that's it, right? Someone builds a building block and you, so you use that building block and say, hey, I, I can build another cool building block on top, another thing on top, another thing on top. And then in the end, you can have, so you have projects like XDAI. So if XDAI uses CDAI, XDAI is a project that allows you to have very cheap on-chain transactions. So it's a project where you can put your money in and you can do a bunch of transactions. And at some point, what we can have is a situation where not only transactions are free, but transactions are less than free, in which if you put a thousand dollars in, in the end you have a thousand dollars and ten dollars out of it because of the of the because the interest rate that you got was higher than all the costs you had in transactions. And I think basically what we are trying to do is like we are building a, a crazy ecosystem on top of that, and I love it. Right? I think it's super interesting. I know that you were at DAPCON in 2018. So in your opinion, what do people get from events like this? What should they be looking out for? And why should they jump in and attend DAPCON this year? I think the conference is awesome. The conference has great talks. But in the end, you can like you can mo- watch most of those t- talks online if you want. But, but the thing that is like really the best about the conference is, is, is not really the talk, but the 10 minutes after each talk, because what happens is that as you get off the stage, as every presenter goes off the stage and a new presenter is coming in, there's always a group of new people that are coming out of the, out of, that they just watch the presentation and they sort of go talk to the, to the presenter and then that bubble goes like talk somewhere in the hall. And I think those conversations are definitely the best value you can get out of the, out of out of that conference because like the talk itself you can watch online later but the most interesting part is the conversation we can have with the speaker just after he just gave the talk and you have like you are fresh of new ideas you want to talk to him about something he has a, like, a good reply and and then that is something that builds somewhere else uh universal again is a project that was born out of those talks I, I first gave a talk at, at in Toronto. I think it was a UX unconf, and then I get because of that talk, I got a, I got a speaking slot at DAPCON last year. And at DAPCON last year, I met not only my current business partner, partner Marek, but I also met uh, a few people from grant giving organizations that were excited about my or talk, my talk. And we sort of put all those pieces together and we were able to release the first prototype of Universal Login 
thanks to a grant from uh, from ECF, thanks for to a grant from the Ethereum grant system that were given to a partner that I had just met inside the the, the conference. And I think that is really the value of the conference, the people you meet there and the connections you, you can make and the conversations you, you make over dinner and over lunch. DAPCON podcast is presented by Gnosis. Visit dapcon.io for tickets and more information. Follow us on Twitter at dapcon underscore Berlin. Subscribe for more episodes and we'll see you soon during Berlin Blockchain Week, August 21 to 23.